on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. If you are willing to carry the stress of tight situations, there's going to be a reward. And hey, if there's not a reward at that point, you're going to learn something new that is going to help you in another situation. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. All right, what's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf. I'm your host of Gathering the Kings. I've got Lucio Tamburlini on the call here. What's up, brother? How you doing? Good, brother. Good, brother. Thank you for having me. Uh, you, you pronounce the name very, very well. That's good, man. Well, what the listener doesn't know is that I just tried, I don't know, six times. And <laughs> thank goodness for my podcast producer who cut all that out for us. But dude, I, uh, I've i already had such a great time with you today. <laughs> thanks for helping us with the name. But um, in all seriousness, thanks for being here, man. You're obviously a king in the business. This is fun. You're across the city from me. You're here in Kansas City. I love uh, talking with a local guy, but we're here on Zoom. Tell us what kind of business that you're in, brother. Okay. So I, I own, found it. H Roofing and Construction in 2017. Uh, basically, we're here to help homeowners or building owners with their uh, roofing needs, siding needs, and gathering needs. So it's my main business. And then uh, my second business is uh, called Flipping Kansas City. Started last year. Uh, what we do is acquire properties. Uh, we'll sell them, clean them and sell them. Or uh, sometimes they're very large projects where we will flip or fix uh, every single square inch of a home. It's a lot of fun. So those are the things uh, that I'm involved with. So that's awesome. Yeah. Through and through Um, interior, exterior, the whole deal. And so um, I love that perspective. We're going to be able to talk a lot, um, especially the fix and flip side, but just more importantly, the business side, because there's a lot of folks listening today that um, maybe are in the trades, other guys that maybe are in real estate, other guys that don't have a clue about what we're going to talk about, but we're going to talk business principles that can still help them. So um, I'm thankful for that. Before we jump into your story and kind of how you've been doing this uh, incredible hockey stick success you've had in the last couple of years, tell me why you push now, because it's not easy even now, but you're still doing it. So tell me why. I guess it's because the picture that I have on on my head yeah. It's so much bigger than what I've been able to accomplish. Uh, that's that's definitely why. Uh, like, you know, I got relatives, family members, friends that are like, hey, you need to slow down. You need to chill. You've, you've done really well with the last few years. Like success is going to continue to come. I don't see it that way. It's like I have this huge image of exactly what I want to accomplish. And I'm not near, I'm not near it at all in my head. So like every single day. I don't want to wake up before 30 in the morning, but that's the thing that gets me going. When I'm very, very sleepy, I'm like, hey, let's go. I know you don't want to, but that dream is out there and you got to get up every day. Yeah, I love that, man. Um, I relate to that so much, um, that delayed gratification for the bigger picture. But my question to you is, where do you think that, that came from? I mean, you've already kind of described that maybe you're a little different than most people in your family. Did that come from your upbringing or did that come from a mentor somewhere? Like, how did you get that? Um uh, well, that, that one, like I told you, this is one of those tough, tough questions that touches me. So, Good. <laughs> Give us the real thing. Okay. So 
my family were immigrants. My my uh, grandfather uh, went to Venezuela with a suitcase from Italy during the Second World War. That's all wow. he had when he was 18 years old. I wouldn't say lucky. He was blessed. He had a lot of opportunities. Venezuela was the land, the land of opportunities back then. And he worked so hard for, I'll say, three, four decades. And he actually got to build one of the largest logging companies of Venezuela. Wow. Very successful, uh, became very wealthy. And uh, he, you know, passed it on to my father. And then my father continued working and all that. But the one that had it really hard was my my nonno, my grandfather uh, from Italy, whose name was also Licio. And then, you know, I don't know what it is. And here's the second Licio of the family who had to fly to the United States to come on a, on a baseball scholarship when I was 17, almost turning 18. All I had was my suitcase and my baseball bag, my baseball bag. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I kind of see that and I know I have this big shoes to fill. Uh, and also the way my, my parents raised me, my dad always told me, Hey, you're never going to be, you shouldn't be second to nobody. You need to be the very best one at whatever you do, whether you're doing yeah. something very simple or something very complicated, you're only going to strive to be the best one. So those those principles were just always taught to yeah. me growing up. So I, I thank my my parents a huge deal for that because I owe it to them. Now I might even be too much for them. Maybe now they feel like they created a monster that is <laughs> always wanting the best from him and from everybody else. So yeah, but hey, that's that's what they got from always telling me you only got to right. do your best and be the best that you can be. Yeah, I love the seeds that you're referencing that they planted in you, but the story of you know the first Lichio. Bro, like you yeah. showing up with a suitcase, him showing up with a suitcase, brand yeah. new countries for the both of you. Do you think about that often? Or is that like a when you when you slow down enough? It's like an everyday thought, or is that like a when you slow down enough and really reflect that's like it, deep inside you? It used to be an everyday thought. Uh now I got here in 2010. Okay. And uh for so long the United States was for me something so new. Now this is home. I became an American citizen and I love this country. Dearly. This this is the line of opportunity. And anybody who thinks otherwise, I invite them to talk to me. I can I can show them. Mm-hmm. I can show them otherwise. So yeah, I mean, when I first got here, always, you know, you got that thought, like, hey, like your grandfather did it, you can. So continue working. You got this, you got this. So it's kind of that way. Now it just it just becomes your nature. Like at everything you do, you want to do your very best, even the simplest thing. And then you just don't think about it and you just kind of, kind of who you are. That's, I don't think of it anymore often, but yeah, when I go down, I always think about that. It's definitely a source of inspiration for me. Yeah. hundred percent. Is your dad still running the logging company in, no, in Venezuela? Uh, back in the day, logging was a booming business because you could go into a forest and chop thousands of trees and, uh, as wood becomes more scarce and every scarce and everything, it's very hard for these for these operations to continue running. So my grandfather actually stopped the stopped working, but he was already said he had multiple businesses, a lot yeah. of real estate, commercial real estate. So uh, my dad uh, started his own business. So my dad first uh, owned a ranch, owned a ranch, a very large okay. one, and then he also founded uh, a gas station in Venezuela. Also a car wash. It's kind of been, you know, entrepreneurship is in the family. So it's kind the of like, yeah, yeah. My dad was always like, do your own thing, man. Like you got to do your own thing. Like, you know, create jobs for others, help others, like have influence right. in your community. Uh, so that's, you know, it's kind of like, I never saw, <laughs> I, I never saw uh, having a job as an option. I had a job. <laughs> 
for like a year and a half. And I, I want to say I hate it. I hated it, but I just wanted the passion that I bring. I wanted it in my own deal, not on somebody yeah. else's deal. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think every entrepreneur can relate to that. At least the freedom piece that I want to do it for myself. I'm, I'm, if I'm gonna do it, I might as well do it for myself. Um, Correct. Reap the reward. And so, um, but that doesn't come easy. Like that, just because you do it for yourself doesn't mean that uh, it's all peaches and roses. Um, and so, I want to get into some of that with you along the way. Obviously, you've made some decisions that have helped you as well as uh, hurt you. And so, I want to start with with a bad decision that you've made. Something that you did that just, man, you'd never do it again, as well as you would usher the the listener to stay far, far away. You know what? I wouldn't say I will never do it again because even my bad decisions have, have taught me something. So do a little bit more research than I did if you're going into a business. I was kind of like uh, when I first, the first business that I got on my, started on my own was, you know, the roofing business. I didn't do much research. It was really yeah. funny. I saw a guy driving a $90,000 truck and I wow. asked him, what do you do for a living? I want that truck. Uh, no, 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 in a bad way. It's just, I was a very yeah. young kid and it's like, man, I like that. I want it for me, you know? Like yep. everybody should be able to get it if they want it. And he said, well, I do roofing. I'm like, great. I literally found how to get insured, whatever, to start into roofing. And yes, I did it. But it took me two years of getting punched in the face before I actually started feeling like I was making money. Because yeah. let's be honest, uh, we're all entrepreneurs and we're here. It's like, I feel like once you're into the business, everything changes. But when we're first getting there, it's because we want the nice things. We, we want a lot of money. That's normally what we go in. Then once we're into it, we start to realize that, entrepreneurship is a lot more than just money. Like once you're in there and then you got men that depend on you as far as you providing a job and their families. And then there is people in your community that rely on you to take care of their biggest asset, which is, which is normally their home, which is protected by their roof. So just at some point you stop thinking about the money. It's like, well, yeah, I'm in an industry that does, that does provide a very good living, but you, I don't ever think about the money anymore. It's like, yeah. I just do my very best for my customers, for the people that work with us. And then just the money comes in. That's kind of how yeah. I see it now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause at some point it's not about necessarily the X's and the O's, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you still got to do the X's and the O's at our stage, Yep. but now it's about systems and teams of people doing the X's and the O's. So that way it can continue to scale and grow. Correct. It can't be just about that one job, that one roof, you know, <laughs> like it once was, which is okay. It's okay to be there. In fact, since we're right here in the conversation for that person who's listening, whether they're in roofing or something completely different, like, you know, marketing or something, the X's and the O's of like the, the daily tasks, right? Sales, marketing, client fulfillment, you know, finance repeat. Was that part of the kicking in the face you were talking about? Or is that like, did you, have you learned that over time? Or how did you create those steps to hit the repeat button often enough to be able to get to the level that you are? Well, you know, like the marketing and all of that other stuff that you just do to grow your business, you kind of start learning as you, at least if you really want to grow, doing a good roof is not good enough. You have to do other things like marketing, uh, hiring sales, hiring, uh, hiring labor, all of that stuff, at least in my right. industry. Uh, my biggest mistake was actually with taxes and uh, insurance, which is huge in our world. Because I mean, yeah. roofing is super dangerous, right? So our insurance is extremely expensive. Yeah. I, uh, you know, the agents that I had, the insurance agents that I had at the time, uh, did not take the time to explain to me how everything was going to be after a year of doing business, and then here I am, barely making any money. 
because you're still a new company in town, but with huge insurance bills and tax bills. And believe yeah. me, not because I blew it on trucks, not because which is very common in my industry. Yeah, uh, I just saw my regular uh, 2500 Dodge. That was my work truck back then. And uh, it's just, it's like, here's an auditor from an insurance company telling me here's the bill for 15,000. And the other one tells me here's another bill for, for 15,000. Then the accountant right. says, here's a bill for 11,000. Here I am looking at my bank account, not knowing if I'm going to be able to afford diesel next week. That's literally the position that I was in back in 2017. Yeah. So for you guys that are in that position right now, ask for advice. You know, there's going to be in town or out of town, uh, join Facebook groups, stuff like that, uh, and ask people that have been in the business for a long time. You're going to find, you know, certain guys that are not willing to share anything. But if you ask me, you can be next door to me and I will tell you. I don't care. I want I want everybody to succeed. And just wanting is not enough to succeed. Like if I share all the secrets that I already learned, that doesn't warrant till you're going to succeed. It takes a lot more than that. And also, if you and I are going to compete, hey, bring it in. You're going to feel you're going to feel the hate of a dude that likes to compete the right way. No, yeah. try, I'm not trying to do it. I'm not going to do anything bad to my competition, but right. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to try to like shadow you with a customer service that we can provide. That's how I like to compete. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that angle um, of, you know, well, first off, you're just a servant. You clearly you're, you're willing to help and that's great. I think also too, when it comes to competition, I've done that for a long time. You outserve, you know, your competition because really the reality is that there's plenty, there's plenty of roofs, there's plenty of siding there, there there's plenty. Um, and, and the second that you think otherwise, man, you're just like downhill in your mindset and the way that you think, and it's a terrible place to be. So that's great. Okay. So let's flip the coin. Let's talk about a good decision that you made along the way. That was just like, boom, hit the repeat button, do that one again. Uh, the best decision, uh, taking the risk, you know, whenever you first get, whenever you first get started in this industry, it's like, I was doing a lot of my work was for other companies, you know, that kind of felt good because it's like, yeah, you're your own company, but you're still just doing the work for other people. That's it. They are the, they are the name being sold. They're the name put in the roof of, even though it's me, the one doing the work. So it was very scary because I was like, well, if I just go and start selling my own jobs, now I'm a direct competitor of these guys. And they're not going to feed me any more jobs. So that was scary. But uh, hey, I took the risk and I got the reward. Uh, whenever I do uh, home flips, uh, I took a huge risk and it was a very nice reward. You, you, you're familiar with that kind of reward, you know, when you close that contract uh, or like just a house that we fit, the, the, the one that I was telling you about that we closed on last week. Uh, this was a deal that I feel like 90 out of 100 people will walk away because the deal seemed too complicated. It was super stressful, the people that we were dealing with and everything. And hey, guess what? We bought a house right now. I can go and flip and sell for almost $400,000 for only $280,000. So it's like, right. it's if you are willing to carry the stress of yeah. tight situations, there's going to be a reward. And hey, if there's not a reward at that point, you're going to learn something new that is going to help you in another situation. Yeah. So that's yeah. like, that's that's the thing. Take the risk. Take the risk, always. Not only take the risk, I'm hearing you say take the risk, which I think I've, every entrepreneur knows, but they need the reminder. So that incredible reminder, even at our level, I think that tomorrow I'm going to be reminded of, just jump, just do it. Just, Correct. just go, you know? But the, the flip, or not maybe not even the flip side, but what goes along with that is when you jump, 
you might fall and that's okay. Like when you fall or in the process of falling, you're learning. Correct. And even if you do fall all the way down and break a couple eggs, man, you learned a a ton. Um, I can't look back and, and think of many interviews that I've done with super successful entrepreneurs that think, yeah, it was a mistake. It's like, well, we goofed, but man, we learned. And then, and then therefore, because of that, we were able to X, Y, Z, you know? Correct. That's why I told you, there's no one, there's no one decision that I regret because all of them have taught me something that have gotten me to the point that I am today. And I'm sure that tomorrow I'm going to make decisions that after tomorrow may not seem the right one, but in a year from tomorrow, I'm going to be using the lesson that I learned tomorrow, if that makes sense. Yeah. hundred percent. I love it. Okay. So I want to know if there's any, I mean, you're, you've, you come from a line of entrepreneurs. So that's cool. It's in your DNA. You, you obviously, we talked about delayed gratification. You, you, you said, okay, you're, if your dad, if your, you know, your grandfather can do it, if your dad can do it, you know, you can do it. So you just kept pressing into the hard over and over and over. Is there anything outside of just like sheer grit and motivation, being an immigrant, being in a new place, almost out of survival that you use as like a, a process or like a discipline to like stay successful or keep making good decisions? I will say I'm very disciplined or I'm pretty disciplined in everything that I do. And I always, I don't know, like I, I would say I'm blessed with that part because I know there's people that struggle with it. Like the sure. simple things like working out every morning uh, or doing the things that I don't want to do to me becomes somewhat natural. And yeah. whenever I have that one week or two week time where I'm still performing at a level that other people want to, but to me feels low, I catch myself really fast. Uh, and, uh, I don't know, I guess the one tool that helps me is writing my goals down every day in the morning. Uh, and I sometimes go a week or two without writing them down because I get to be sick, caught up on the day today. I start my performance right. going down or it might just be all in my head, but if yeah. you write those goals every day, that's a yeah. constant reminder that you need to push, uh, in that mo- other than motivation, because I think motivation only lasts a little bit, you know, it goes away yeah. after the excitement runs off. So like, if you're writing those goals, it's a daily reminder that whenever you don't feel like doing this and you remember those goals that you run in the morning, you're like, no, I got to get it done because in order for me to get this goal, I have yeah. to do a first. So, yeah. Did you learn that somewhere or was that something that your grandfather passed down to you? How did you know to, uh, to write your you stuff? No, my dad, it's so weird. It's like so many things that teach you in life. So it's like my dad was never the guy that will, I didn't get to meet my grandfather. I just know I'm named after him. And it wow. was crazy. I am from a smaller city in Venezuela. Okay. And um, it's crazy that whenever people talk about my my grandfather, they talk about like this guy that was always wanting to help others, even if he didn't know them. And some people took advantage of it, of him because he wanted sure. to help people. So yeah. it's just so nice. So like, I, I carry that with pride. I want to be that guy too. And just in the modern world, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's just what it is. And then my dad was always like envision things, envision things. That's what he did. And I tried to do that when I play baseball. I was a really good mm. baseball player, but I didn't get the dream. The dream was to become a major league baseball player. Right. Uh, and, uh, well, I, I didn't get it. And I always imagine, imagine, I'm like, screw that. It doesn't work. I should have been a major leaguer if that worked. Right. So, but now it's just some things, maybe baseball was there just to teach me. Uh, maybe it just wasn't supposed to be that. Maybe that really wasn't my calling, even though I was, because now right. I envision things and I write things and I'm telling you, man, uh, today I'm doing things that back in 2017, 
I will think of or imagine or, or you right. know, it's like, it does work. Write it down and think yep. of it. When you go to sleep, think of it when you're running. For some reason, when you're running, your like your imagination works a lot faster. So sometimes you'll see me running the 135th near where I live in Overland Park. <laughs> if my eyes are closed, it's not because I'm crazy or sleeping. It's because I'm actually imagining things that I want to happen, you know? Yeah. So that's... yeah, that's, 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 uh, that's kind of what I do. And I, yeah, it was thought, I don't know. You probably know who Andy Frisella and uh, Ed Milet are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm part of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Artist Syndicate. I'm part of Artist Syndicate. So they're very big on that thing. Imagine, write it, stuff like that. But I I was doing it before that. And now I just do it more because they just constantly encourage you to do it. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. The visualization is huge, but there's several pieces to that, that you mentioned here that I want to kind of let me pull out for the listener. First off, you have to spend time right? Like you have to, whether it's you're running or whether you're writing them down in the morning, you have to designate time for like your mind to be able to go there. Because if you're caught in the day-to-day, as you mentioned, sometimes it happens. It happens to all of us. Oh yeah, Caught in the day-to-day, caught in the meetings, caught in the whatever, even family stuff. If you don't give yourself that like few moments or a couple of hours a month or something to be able to visualize and and uh, write those things down that you think that you want and then go after them and hit the reset button and run, run hard again, I remember it was probably the same year, 2017-ish. Um, I wrote down some things um, that got lost. It was on a piece of paper. I thought it had gotten lost. And it was like, I don't know, three years later that I found the piece of paper in the bottom of a box because we moved several times. Okay. And all of the things on the list, man, like it was like a, like a prophecy or something. You know, like I read it. I'm going, that happened. That happened. That happened. This is crazy, yeah, you know, and, and it had been happening. Yeah, yeah powerful. Yep, yep. And it's like, you know, I think some people hear that and they're like, ah, no shot, no shot. You, you would have made it no matter what uh, you, you would have uh, with discipline. You're still accomplished. It's like, I don't know. That paper that you write every morning or every night before you go to bed has yeah. got something magical. Hey, man, you know, it's 10 <laughs> minutes a day. Do it. Right. Your, your dreams <laughs> might depend on that piece of paper. So I 100% encourage people to go ahead and write their goals. That's funny. It, it, it's almost like the super logical reverse engineered on that. It's like, look, hey, if you if you want to test it, it's only 10 minutes. It's only a pen and a paper and your thoughts. Just do it for a while. And That's if it doesn't work, don't do it again. But um, I'll tell you, if, if you did it for a year to your point and look back, yep. it's uh, crazy, the power of the focus. Okay, so I'm going to switch over to our, our speed round here. Wow. I, I want some, I want some quick one word answers, but I'm notorious for asking follow-up questions. So don't, <laughs> I might, uh, might come at you for some more information. So the first question is this inside of the business, actually inside of both of your businesses, what is the one metric that if you could only pick the one to track, what would it be? Families helped. Families helped. Okay. This is good. I love it. Um, why? Because I don't want an organization that is solely focused on sales. Because I can bring 10 sales guys that I don't care about their background or what their goals are or anything like that. And we'll get a bunch of sales. I can also bring a bunch of people and tell them how to go hunt properties. And we'll do a bunch of wholesales or flips or whatever. But I feel like I'm not doing anything special. And I'm not here just to come and make money. Actually, whenever people hire H2 Refine and Construction, you can ask my customers. Because I'm not who I am because of what I say. It's because of what my customers say. Yeah, I uh, love that. Even though we're busy and we deal with dozens of clients every week, we try to make everyone feel special. And from the foremen of the crews that are out there to the guys that go uh, do quality supervision, uh, the people in the office and me, we try to make feel 
kill people like we care about them. So I know that the more families that I help as far as H2Refin and construction goes, the more my business is going to grow and the wealthier yeah. that is going to make me and my team, of course. Yeah. Uh, and same thing with the, with the flipping. Like the more families that I place in a nice home, right. the better it's going to be for us. And, you know, most people, when they go into flipping, they're like, I don't care. Just get it done. It's good. I remember how scary it was for me to buy my first home. I don't ever want any of the yeah. people that purchase homes that we renovate to have yeah. that fear of like, okay, what's going to go wrong. And then suddenly things actually start to go wrong because the person that fixed the home just did, yeah. you know, at the sass behind those walls. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that, that's why I measure it that way. The more families that we help or service. Yeah. And I think too, it's a pretty quick response too. If you knew you helped a hundred or a thousand or 10,000 families, you can, you can do the math pretty quick on the sales. Right. You know? Yeah. That's awesome, man. I, I wanted to uh, ask you a follow-up question to the, you, your team, the whole process of making the customer feel important. Can you give some practicals on that? What do you guys do inside that, that process to make them feel special? Okay. So in construction, uh, you know, it's, it's very normal that you get the guy that gets out of the truck with a board and a pen and he starts writing things down and a, in an invoice paper, that's usually right. what it is. And they write, they write like, I don't know, let's say roof replacement with 50 or shingle and gutters. And then they write your big old price of $15,000. To me, that's crazy. We're talking about $15,000 to $20,000 product on one piece of paper with some handwriting. So from our sales process, everything starts different. Our presentations are 11 to 12 pages. We're educating people to make the right decision, whether that's me or my competitor. I want them to, if they pick the other guy because he's cheaper or because they simply liked him better, you know, not everybody likes me, but at least that they learn with my present or our presentation that that guy's also doing good for them. Great. If we're teaching the customer, that's great. And then after we are putting in production, the jobs, we have processes that we invested on a bunch of softwares that allow us in the office to supervise the jobs while they're going on. We're constantly calling our formats for updates. We want to make sure that things are getting done properly. Then yeah. we have a quality person that goes out and inspect every job after it's done. And then for most people, after the job is done, they're like, great, now I submit my invoice and I get paid and that's over. Well, if you want to be at a different level, don't do that. Once the job is done, put a gift literally on the mail and tell, send it to your customer and have someone in your team or even you handwrite, thank you so much for picking us out of the 1,000 contractors or companies in this line of business that could have helped you. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you, Card. And then a nice gift, man. Like there's somewhere here, but like we, we send cups or we send hats or we send pens, something, you know, they're not expecting it. So do the yeah. things that people are not expecting. Yeah. So I, I think that's, uh, you know, make it feel special. And, you know, <clears throat> I try to get better on that. I, I want my customers to see me more like a friend, not just a guy that knows roofing. So, yeah. Well, and especially in your industry where, you know, guys come and go by the dozens, you know, sure. but then the fly by night guys that come into a city and then literally go, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're you're building trust is really what you're doing. You're making them feel special, but you're building a relationship where they're going to remember you. They're going to remember the experience. Um, so that way, when they only got the roof done now, they're going to come back for the gutters or the siding or whatever else. Correct. Um, and, and even even if because, you know, there's a lot of things that we could do uh, in a house, but we don't sell as H2 roofing and construction. 
But hey, I, I try to network with guys that think like me, the guys that yeah. want to take care of people. So if you come and ask me, hey, Licio, uh, I got to renovate my kitchen. I know I can do it, but I leave that for my flipping Kansas City business. I'm not going to sell it. I say, hey, you know what? Call this guy. He's actually going to be amazing to work with. So like, I want people to co- anything construction, come to me. I'll, if I got somebody, which is most nine and 10, I, ha- I have somebody for each trade. I'll refer you to somebody that will actually take care of you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. Um, and, and what value that you're bringing to the customer as well as then the other folks that you're networking with, um, they probably yeah. give the same in return. Correct. Like whenever someone answers the phone in our office and it's not something that that we do, we actually ask that they take down the name and number of the person. Say, give me 30 minutes. I'm going to try to do some research in the office and see if we can send you somebody. We're not making any money there. We don't even know who that person on the other side is. It just happened to college to roofing and construction and we'll call them back. And people are, oh, wow, you're actually calling because remember, don't say things you should say it. Actually say it and do it. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, that makes me think of one little thing um, that happened many years ago um, inside of edible arrangements. uh, Some of the franchises, Uh, you know, we would get, we would get calls or even people that come by and this is just one stop along their way. And so they would say, Hey, where is the whatever, whatever restaurant or, or I'm on my way. Is there, is there blah, blah, blah in between. And, and then, you know, my person that's working for me is like, I don't know, Uh, you know, I don't know where that restaurant is. And so, for a while there, I would do like community, like a five mile radius, like training. So that way, when people called, wow. we would have just like, we would understand just like some of the landmarks in the area, because some people, um, especially Overland Park, we'd have, you know, people drive from the Missouri side or people drive from up North, like it just kind of depends. And so, you know, if you're not from that like little bitty community, then you sound not helpful. <laughs> All right. So um, I love that approach, man. Okay, next question is this. What book would you recommend that a six-figure owner read who's trying to get to that seven-figure mark? The 10X Rule. 10X Rule. I didn't even need to think about that one. I read a bunch of books, but the 10X Rule. (laughs) And why? I mean, obviously, I'm super familiar with Grant, but why? Be ready to put that kind of effort. You know, the 10X tells you that you're going to have to put 10 times percent there for that that was going to be necessary. That's, I mean, that sticks with me. And then when I'm tired, I think of that and it's like, well... I might be already done, but I might as well keep working at it. So yeah. that one, and it was something that uh, stuck with me forever. But it's the, I think it was the second book that I learned or that I read, second or third book that I read when I got in, into entre- entrepreneurship world. It's by uh, Bedros Kulian. Uh, it's his first book, maybe his only one. Man Up. Man Up. Man Up. Okay. And this, it was so good. It's like, race cars and regular cars don't use the same the same gas or the same fuel fighter jets do not use the same fuel think of you as a fighter jet so don't expect to accomplish all these things that are great that most people don't have or even want to work for and you have the same habits that almost everybody else does that's huge it's like forget about what everybody else does you have to start in your own world in your own lane and do those Things that are required in order to accomplish the big things that are in your on your brain. I always say, man, you have a line, and uh, it's uh, a connection between your brain, your heart, and your balls. <laughs> okay, I mean, that's, that's right. Funny. You know, it's and like a lot of problems could probably be solved if that was the actual case. <laughs> right. If you have that line there all the time, it's gonna be good. It's gonna help you a lot. That's awesome, man. I love the uh, the, so, the the truth, honestly, behind it, but it makes me smile. 
Um, okay. You already kind of mentioned the uh, Ed Milet uh, scenario, but do you, do you network and mastermind specifically with other business owners and why? The only one that I'm with that, that I do now is artist syndicate is a bunch of, you know, high performing business guys. Uh, yeah. There's a few, uh, luckily I just got invited. Uh, it's there, there's one of the guys here. He owns a Ferrari, which is awesome. That's like my dream car. I noticed he owns a Ferrari. He's like trying to get everybody from the artist syndicate uh, in Kansas City together. Uh, and then I do have my friends. That it's it's funny. So there's a community of Venezuelan guys that we just met. We're all in the in the construction industry, nice. and uh, we may or may not compete compete with each other. But it's a it's a group of like a guys, and some of us are up here. Some of some of them are here, and some of some of them are here. Uh, just kind of network with them. Uh, I just want these guys to be on the same page. Like, hey, man, right. don't come here. And, and this is something that I hate from, it's kind of part of the Latin, Latin culture. And I think that's why that has gotten a lot of the Latin countries, like to be a third world, third world country for a long time. And I don't feel bad saying it because I'm I'm Latin, you know, it, otherwise people would judge me and call right. me racist and everything. But a lot of our time back then, it's been finding the easy route. Nobody wants to take the hard route, which is the, the right route. I always preach that to these guys because I'm one of the guys that have been here for longer. They might be here for, for less years than me. Yeah. Like, hey, man, don't take the easy route. Take the hard route. You're going to learn more and the reward is going to be bigger. So that's yeah. that's the other group that I network with. But, you know, it's, it's not something that we do all the time. It's like every once in a while. The only group that I meet with constantly is the artist syndicate. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so much value there. It sounds like getting passed um, in different ways, even. Um, I love how you gave the perspective of giving as well as receiving. And so whether that's different uh, circles, but but I think that every level of entrepreneurship, you grow if you obviously seek mentorship, but you can also give mentorship at whatever level that you're at, because there's someone else uh, in your community or someone that you know, uh, or someone across the world that you meet on Zoom or whatever, but someone else that um, you can you can help. and what I have found is that when you help other people, usually like you're teaching yourself at the same time. <laughs> it's so, it's so. crazy. Uh, the last year that I played baseball, I coached as well. I coached kids while I was playing. That was my best year in baseball. I was literally doing in the games what I was teaching these kids. It's like, you learn so much by teaching. hundred percent. Okay. Just, last question. Are you ready? Yeah. If you lost it all, Nietzsche, what, what would you do? Start all over again, man. <laughs> But why? Because I don't ever want to be on my deathbed and have any regrets. That's why. When when I'm gonna die, you know, they say that your entire life got rolls through in a few seconds. I want to make sure that not not one thought is I wish I would have tried. Yeah. So that's if I lose it, if I it's a fear that I guess all entrepreneurs live with. You know, it's like we a yeah. lot of us come from. Well, I, I come from a wealthy family, but that's all stayed in Venezuela. Here, I come from one suitcase and one baseball bag. That's literally what I come from here. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote my own story. Uh, everything that I've gotten, it's been on my own. Of course, we had we a lot of help from a lot of great people that I met along the way. But yeah, I'm afraid of losing it. I think we all are. But if I, if I did, I'll start right over. And I'm sure I'm going to be better because I have a lot more experience than I did when I started the first time. So Exactly. Exactly. Well, I love that. How can someone connect with you if uh, if they resonated with your story, uh, the industry that you're in, maybe just your background, they want to connect with you, they want to do business with you. I don't know. How how can they find you? 
Uh, so basically, the best the best way is like you can find me on Facebook, Licio L I C I O Licio Tamburlini T A M B R L I N I. My Instagram is the first letter of my name and my last name, so at L Tamburlini. And my company is uh, HT Roofing and Construction. So you can find an Instagram or Facebook at HT Roofing and Construction. Perfect. Uh, and yeah, and if you want to get really crazy, you can say his last name, uh, uh, Tamborlini. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's an Italian. My, my family on my that side is Italian, like I was saying. So it is, it's supposed to be pronounced Licio Tamburlini. But in both Spanish and English, Licio is red Licio. So I've had my yeah. entire life in Venezuela and the United States, people mispronouncing my name to a point that now even my family calls me Licio because that's what we hear all the time. But it should yeah. be Licio. I don't care. Either way, I will I will look at you if you call That's me. A, yeah, pretty unique either way. So you're probably yep. not going to have anybody else in the room. Dude, it's been such a pleasure having you here. Um, I love the fact that you're in in the city that I am providing value and grinding and and 10xing and and um, providing homes for people and taking care of people who already have homes. I, I just absolutely love it that you're you're uh, helping the same community uh, that you're reaching into the marketplace. So we wish you absolutely nothing but success. And uh, thanks for coming, man. We appreciate the value that you brought today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's awesome to share. I hope this helps somebody. And uh, my phone number, 913-961-9595. That's my personal uh, if you are seeking for help, advice, I am by no means, I know at all or anything like that, but I'll give you my point of view and that might help you and I help you move forward. And that's what I want for other people. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.